Uh, so this month we are kind of exploring the holy days that happen in the month of December when, uh, because there's a lot, there's lots of different traditions, a lot of things that happen. And so today we're talking about the science of mind and the solstice. And the solstice doesn't happen uh, technically till the 22nd, 21st, 22nd, depending on what year it is. Um, but I, as I was exploring and looking at this topic, I thought, you know, it's really, we kind of think about the solstice if we, if we celebrate it or if we're thinking about it like right on the solstice. But there's kinda, it's kind of happening to us now. It's kind of a, you know, there's a preparatory period and it's really kind of important to be able to think about what it is, how we can bring ourselves to a, a deeper understanding, a deeper awareness, and some practices that we can take as we move through this kind of sacred time. So Dr. Ernest Holmes said this in the Science of Mind text. He said, the science of mind is not a special revelation of any individual. It is rather the culmination of all revelations. So he says, we take the good wherever we find it, make it our own insofar as we understand it. The realization that good is universal and that as much good as any individual is able to incorporate in their life is theirs to use is what constitutes the science of mind and spirit. And I love that idea is that, that what we do is a culmination of all truths. It's not one truth that was divined by one individual. It's a culmination. And we can, we can explore, as we explore these ideas and these different cultures and these different ideas, we can take that which works for us, that which, which resonates with us, that serves us, that expands us, and use that in, in a new and different way. And I love that about our philosophy. Dr. Holmes talked about being open at the top. So we have this beautiful foundation of the mystical truths that we talk about, but we're open to explore and to grow and to add. And so part of this celebration and this exploration this month is really looking at some of these other ideas and thoughts. And, and what this idea is of being open at the top and being able to change and uh, take what works for us, take the good, that's called evolution. That evolution is this very process of that which is working <laughs> continues to work. And that which doesn't work dies away, it falls away. So that which works for us, that which we come to find, that we continue to use and to expand, helps us to evolve. And so, you know, I think Darwin got kind of a, they kind of messed and missed his message because we always talk about the survival of the fittest, that evolution is about the, the survival of the fittest, the strongest. And actually, that's not really the true. The, the, the idea of evolution is the, um, those who could adapt. It was the adaptable. <laughs> and so, again, this is such a beautiful foundation for us is that we get to adapt. As we adapt and we grow, we evolve. And so our spiritual understandings and our spiritual rituals, those things that we do, change and evolve over time. And so when we look at this this tradition of solstice, which is really about, you know, many cultures, uh, was bad, you know, evolved from a time where we didn't understand the natural cycle. We didn't understand what was really going on in nature. And so our ancestors, you know, created stories and they made the best understanding that they could from what was going on. So what we know now is that you know, the earth is tilted and as it revolves around the sun and it, uh, at certain times of the year, whether in the southern or the western or the northern hemisphere, uh, it, you, you have less and less light. It appears to be less and less light. And then there's a point in time where there's kind of like this, 
the stillness and the, the our ancestors would, t- would think that solstice was when the sun and the moon stopped their path and there was this, this moment of balance really right because the solstice is like is the movement from the longest night to to beginning to bring light back and so there during that time period they felt that there had to be intervention that they were appeasing the gods so they just, they they came up with these things that they had to do to appease the god to bring back the light to to coax it back uh, and this was part of their survival and so the powerful thing that we know now is that that it's just a natural occurrence <laughs> you know it's just part of uh, part of the 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 natural cycle of our of our earth and our planets and our, where our sun is all that and and so what, what's kind of a cool thing about that from a spiritual perspective is that oftentimes we think that we have to do something to make something happen. You know, we, we oftentimes think we're more in control than we really are. <laughs> and that sometimes all we need to do is relax. All we need to do is trust. To know that there's this natural cycle that, that this process is happening in our life and that when we open ourselves to that awareness, that understanding, then we can just have a great celebration, right? Because part of that solstice uh, is a celebration, a celebration of light and of, of gathering together and all the things that happen during this holiday season. And so um, uh, just that awareness as we start thinking about as we move into these holidays, how do we, what intention do we have what practices can we put into place that bring these ideas of this natural occurrence of, of the seasons of life with the spiritual understanding that we talk about? How can that serve us in, in our life? And so, um, the, some of the things that, that happen, obviously, as we know in the wintertime, is that there's this um, gestation time that there is a time where things don't seem to be happening. And again, when we really connect with that idea from a spiritual perspective, isn't that true in our own creation sometimes? That when we're, when we're creating, we don't maybe see what it is that, <laughs> that we want to come forward. We know that in planting a seed, we're not quite sure what that, what that physical manifestation is going to be, but we know we've placed this act into the soil. And so it's this really powerful creative process. And... And the the idea that there's this either you know something's not happening there's no activity and that it's dark because we need we need light our ancestors needed light to live needed light to grow things needed light it can kind of become this idea of of that this darkness is a scary place the dark and we talk about that right when we when we don't know what we need to do or where we're going to go oftentimes we'll say I'm in a dark place. Or, you know, I, I can't see the light. I can't see what's, what's happening. And so there's this idea of darkness as being a challenging thing, as being something that's not, not necessarily a good, good for us. So what we know, again, from these natural patterns of, of this darkness into light, that this is a healthy process and that we can triumph, right, over this darkness in some way. So how is it that we can do this? I think this is the, the idea I feel like... Um, my talk today, I kind of feel like a, a, um, a mama bear in some ways of, uh, of how do we move through this time of year? What are the things that we can do? And I feel like I have some like these really practical ideas, but they're also based in this spiritual understanding of our own evolution. How is that we evolve? And so how do we adapt when 
the light is moving away, when things begin to get quiet, when, I mean, when during this holiday season there's all kinds of things going on, what are the things that we can do and that we can adapt to? And one of the, the rituals in solstice that we've carried over into our Western culture in many ways is this idea of bringing a life into the house, you know, bringing the evergreen, the greenery, the branches. That they, they started doing that um, to remind themselves that the green will come back that this will happen again. And so I love that idea. Don't you love that idea that, that the symbols that we bring into our house of the greenery, the evergreen, the life, is like an affirmation. It's like a positive affirmation. And that there was a sense of hope around this practice. So how is it that we can do that uh, in, in our own experience of like when, when we're moving either through this time uh, of the holiday or when it is that we're wanting to create something in our life, where is it in your life that you can bring in this sense of hope? One of the things is, is with regard to these positive affirmations of bringing forth a visual reminder of that which you're going to create. A lot of times this time of year people begin to create vision boards and create affirmations about what is it they want to create. A visual, a something to, to, to look at, to bring forth, to inspire us of the good that we, that we uh, uh, are, are waiting to experience in our life. Um, you know, sometimes in our, in our spiritual mind treatment, we talk about, we, we line our energy up, that's our form of prayer, we line our energy up, we line up what it is that we want to experience in our, our experience, and then we release into the law, which is that soil. And sometimes you'll hear me say something like, and I await with excited anticipation to see how that which I already know, that I've aligned myself up in the non-physical sense, will come forth into physical form. There's an expectation. There's an excitement. And so that's what this, this idea, this, this ritual of, of bringing in the greenery, of, of waiting with excited anticipation, that's like the, the planting of that seed and being able to say, oh, I'm so excited to see how this seed is going to, to grow and bloom and bring forth good. We also know that when we have babies, right? There's this moment of, of wow, to see where this, how this baby's going to evolve. I can hardly wait to see this, this person becomes into this, this full person. And so there's a, a sense of this time that we can, we can practice this positive affirmation, this, this hopefulness, this, this uh, aligning with that truth and then awaiting to see that powerful, powerful experience come forward in our life. Another thing during this time is about gratitude, right? That says this is how we can keep hope, by naming what it is that we feel grateful for. We talked about this a couple weeks ago over the Thanksgiving weekend of being able to ah, just move into that place of gratitude and love because what we know that Eric Butterworth talked about is that gratitude is a causative emotion. It's not just a, a response to something. It, ca- it creates an energy, a causative energy that brings forth that which we want to create and experience. And the third way is um, the sense of creativity and silence. This is the gestation, the gestation time, that it's underneath the ground, that it's that what it is that we're wanting to experience, maybe not be here, but to be able to allow the sense of creativity and silence and slowing down. You know, our ancestors didn't have modern lights. <laughs> they didn't have cars that can get through the snow they can so there was like this they had to slow down you know they had to be more quiet they had this cycle of life 
of slowing down and just being and connecting. And how many of us build that time into this holiday season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't seem like it's gone the opposite. That it's all about, you know, getting out, rushing around, doing things, doing things, you know, being with people, all this stuff. And so there's this kind of natural rhythm that gets lost. And so part of this preparation of the solstice is maybe just to be mindful for that, of that in your own life. Like, where can you bring that sacred silence? Where can you bring that sense of creativity? Because that, you know, that darkness that we think of is also the creative womb. It's the heart. It's, you know, these things that are creative are often, you know, uh, part of the darkness. It's about, you know, moving into that, the cave of, of being able to just connect with this silent, powerful presence in our lives. And so um, part, of, part of that process can be taking time to, to meditate and to journal and to just nurture yourself. And, and so that's kind of a, you know, that pre-solstice time of how can you, how can we create these new rituals or create these new understandings to bring this, this silence and this nurturing into your life. Another thing that uh, comes forward around how we, can, how we adapt is uh, resilience. It's resilience. So again, we don't have the same struggles <laughs> that our ancestors had. Oftentimes during this, uh, in the fall, and they're, you know, they were preparing, they were stocking things away, getting, trying to get ready. There was a real sense of, you know, if we're not ready for this, we're, we're not going to make it. Right? So again, we don't, have, we don't have that sense, usually. We don't have that literal sense of having to, to struggle. But, but that, you know, that sense of consumerism and the stress that comes from that um, can, can bring on a lot of stress. So how do we develop this, this sense of, of resilience? I was talking earlier about one of the things around this time of year, too, is that, that um, lessening of the light and how that affects us. I mean, physically, how that affects us. And I, you know, I grew up in the Southwest, and uh, Southwest United States, and so there's a lot of light there all of the time. <laughs> and it's a really kind of different light. And when I moved from the Southwest to Virginia, I began um, experiencing depression, right? Depression during the holiday season, during this time of year. And I, didn't, I had never experienced it before. And then when I moved back to Arizona, I didn't experience it anymore. <laughs> and I learned a lot about, about seasonal affect disorder, which is what, it, what that is. Uh, and now I know to, that I have light therapy and I have vitamin D. And so if, if anybody is, uh, has that experience, you know, because again, we, we don't want to talk about that this time of year because everyone's happy. Everyone's going to parties. Everyone's enjoying themselves. Everyone's supposed to be up. And then if... if uh, if you're experiencing that, uh, it can be hard to be able to to reach out, to ask for what's needed, to do the things that you need to do. And so part of this sense of resilience is being aware of being able to ask for what we need, be able to not be afraid to to maybe go against the system and 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 do things that it, that are good for you as opposed to going along with the with the crowd and how how uh, it's supposed to be. And so nurturing ourselves, uh, getting that rest, getting that ease, uh, 
practicing healthy habits. Again, another thing that happens is that we eat all kinds of junk, right? <laughs> it's good junk, right? So sometimes, but we can, but, and that's great to be able to celebrate, but at the same time, just being mindful of, of, of being able to nurture ourselves and, and do those things that continue to, to be of um, nurturing, you know, this physical body. And then just continuing to reduce that stress, you know, through, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a breathing exercise with you guys a little bit earlier, but just breathing is a really good way of, of lessening stress. Meditating, making decisions about which rituals you, you choose to keep, which rituals you don't want to keep. You know, there's nothing that says that we have to continue perpetuating a ritual that you're, you did because your mother did and your father did and your grandfather did when it doesn't serve you, when it doesn't serve your family. So to be able to even be strong enough and, and clear enough to be able to create new rituals or let go of those that, never, that no longer serve you. So this is the part of the adaptive nature of evolution. But it wasn't just about adapting. Evolution isn't just about adapting. It's also about cooperation. Those who have survived are the ones that were able to adapt, but also cooperate. You know, we <laughs> our ancestors didn't get this get get out of this world uh, by being um, in rugged individualists. Truly. It's those that cooperate that, ha- that find love and companionship and, and share resources and move together, that that cooperation is what continues our, our species along. And again, sometimes that can be really challenging that we can feel alone and in the dark in, in moments like this. And so to be able to reach out and to connect and to cooperate and to be with people, again, to be able to, to find that community like this type of community where we can come together and connect and be together and use that power of community and connection to, to change the world, really. And Dr. Ernest Holmes said, when a group, group of people come together with one accord and with one thought, a greater power is generated, not because the creative principle responds to a number of people more than it does to one. I want you to hear that. It's not that the creative principle responds to a number of people more than it does to just one, but because the combined faith of a group reaches a higher level of acceptance. It's a powerful thing, isn't it? Powerful thing to think that that when my creative thought resonates with yours, that there's a lifting up, there's an acceptance of it. Isn't that true in your life? That, you know, when, when somebody has something going on and then all of a sudden someone says, hey, that's kind of cool. And then someone else says, hey, that's kind of cool. All of a sudden there's this energy and, and it creates. So this, this power of community is part of how we, how we evolve, how we strengthen, how we, we move into greater awareness. And the understanding that we each have a part to play that that light that we're that we that we need that light that that we strive for that we want to call back is actually within us. That we each hold a piece of that light. In the book um, by Bernie Glassman called "Bearing Witness," he talks about the the Jewish uh, Kabbalists uh, believing in in the beginning of time there was only there was only divine light. And that in creating the world, God shattered it into an infinite number of sparks. And that, that tradition is about uh, restoring those sparks, about 
Um, they call it tikkun uh, olom, and it's, uh, it's about service, about using our light to serve, about connecting and healing the universe by restoring those fragments to a whole. We each have that fragment of light, and so our process of service this time of year, of cooperation, it's about expanding that, about bringing back that light. In his book, he also talks about that this vision, you know, is not limited to the West or Jews or Christians, um, you know, or religious scientists. <laughs> A similar uh, African folktale tells about um, Hilolumbi, who was the creator, who held a lamp in his hand that brought light to the world, and but then he becomes really angry at his firstborn son, Quan, which I'm sure if you're a parent, you know how that goes. And he dropped the, the lamp, and it shattered into a thousand pieces. And so to bring the light back to the earth, human beings began to pick up these fragments. And they, uh, they assumed that, that when they picked up this fragment of light, that they had the whole lamp, that this was the only thing. But how you know? But they didn't realize that unless we join the the together, the fullness of the life will never return to earth. So once again, we we have to do it together. See, these are the the rituals and the stories that are told have these deep mystical understandings about how it is that that we connect with the own, our own divine light, and how we can spread that, how we can can grow that, how we can heal that. Ernest Holmes said, uh, he's quoting in the book of Proverbs, he says, the soul of man is a lamp. What this means is that ultimately our task is not to light candles, but to be candles. We have the potential to be the bits of light that help bring God back into the world when it's gone dark. This is a metaphor of, of drawing that light, being that candle, joining together in service. So, as we move in more fully into the season, the holiday season, you know, think about what is it, what are the rituals that serve you in this time of year and what doesn't? What might you be able to let go of or to change or to grow in? How are you nurturing yourself? What is the things that you're doing to nurture yourself during this time? How are you allowing that creativity to come forth? Are you allowing yourself some time for that quiet reflection that creativity. What is it that you're planting that, you're, that you are going to wait with excited anticipation to see coming forward? How are you using these ideas of affirmation and gratitude and love to, to create what it is that you want to experience in the world? And how are you being of service? How are you um, being that light in the world, that little shard of light to come forward? And one of the ways we do that is through this collective time that we come together and we, we share and we grow together. And so let's, let's do that now with our own practice. And I'm going to just share with you a practice of breathing that you can use throughout this season and beyond. And what I'd like you to do is just to, um, if you can, I know come people maybe sitting close, but just put your hands under your, uh, on your ribs. And you might, uh, so right, like for women, uh, like think bra strap. And for men, you can also think bra strap. (laughs) (laughs) And when you breathe out, uh, imagine or feel your your ribs going sideways, not out, but sideways. And so just breathe in, and feel your, your ribs going out. And then when you breathe out, just sit up a little bit taller. Let's do that again. 
yeah, you might, you might even sit up where you're not even feeling the back of your chair. So you just breathe in, feel the, the ribs, and then breathe out, sit up just a little bit taller. Let's do it again. And breathe out. And you can relax your hands, and if you choose to, you can close your eyes. And just, just uh, remember that feeling of how to breathe in and breathe out. And I'm going to do a breath. We're going to count together. Count four in. Hold it for a count of seven. And then breathe out to the count of eight. And it's just going to be like one, two, three, four. That's the, the rhythm. And then we're going to do this together. So just, um, just kind of breathe out real quick to prepare. Now breathe in. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Release. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Out. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, once more, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, relax, take a quick breath in, and just allow your body to relax. Go back to normal breathing. And just notice. It is our breath that is with us all the time. And sometimes we're unconscious to it. The power of it. The Ruach HaKodesh, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the breath that moves through us. And when we do this practice together, we're synchronizing our own energies. Again, you might just notice the feeling in the room, the energy in the room. So let's just move into our heart space. Just become aware of that heart space. You might just breathe down into it and imagine this light. It's this holy shard of, of light that only you carry. It's your unique light. And just feel into that awareness of this spiritual awareness of who you are uh, a shard of that divine light that created all things that is a part of all things expand that into your awareness and then just feel into this idea that that shard 
actually belongs to other shards. That it's like a, a crystal being put back together. And that as we gather these shards, this light becomes brighter. We become the center of a beacon of light. So just notice that in this room, in your own imagination, this light growing because there's a, there's a, a divine light within each of us that recognizes that perfect, whole, and complete expression of God that you are. And so just feel into this room as, as you shimmer and your light shimmers and the person next to you, their light shimmers, and it just becomes this one big ball of shimmering energy and light in this room. And just feel into that once again. Does it feel different? And know that within this beautiful ball of light that we're all a part of is every single quality of God that you might desire, that might be what you need in this very moment. So just call forward that quality that throughout this holiday season, as we prepare for the, the, the shortening, or the, the lengthening of the nights and the shortenings of the days, as we move towards that sacred solstice uh, moment, what is the quality that will move you through? in celebration and light and nurturing and creativity. Just claim that for yourself right now and create that intention that you see that in your life. And then let's just rise up in our mind's eye as we bathe this beautiful campus in that divine light. As we expand beyond the boundaries of this campus to the town of Leesburg, to the state of Virginia, to wherever you might have have come from this morning wherever your family your house is just know that that light is spreading out expand to include our nation's capital just imagine that divine light that is guiding that is full of wisdom and honesty and trustworthiness and right action is unfolding right at this very moment within our lawmakers, within the, the, the people that are serving us. And expand to our country and finding a place that might need that little extra love at this moment. Thinking about the naval base in Pensacola or in Pearl Harbor where the anniversary of the attack just happened. So just surrounding these significant areas with love and light in any other place, expanding beyond our continent and enveloping the entire earth with this loving light. And let us just imagine this energy of light just expanding out through the universe and beyond, beyond our our human comprehension of how expansive and vast this light is. And we just bless it as it continues to evolve and grow in the most perfect way. And that we, we allow this individual expression that we are to continue to come back into this room, just breathing ourselves back as we leave this layer of light throughout our universe. And just breathe in down into the heart, down through the body, down through the legs, into the earth, this beautiful mother earth, grounding us 
So I just claim and know that there is a light within each of us that is indeed guiding us, directing us, loving us. That there is a, a sense of connection to others, to this world. That it is in this awareness of our own divine presence that we can acknowledge the divine presence in all. So it's in this moment that I claim this truth, that I claim that I am an expression of God. And each person, within the sound of my voice, physically in this room, live streaming and a recording later on, that, that each person is this divine expression of God. And I know right now that there's this intention for our holiday season, an intention of, of how we honor the dark and how we bring back the light, how we celebrate and nurture and create and love. And I claim this highest truth for each of us. And I, I am so grateful. I'm grateful for the uh, awareness. I'm grateful for being able to take what works and let go of what doesn't. I'm grateful for the law that creates that which I put into it. And I do that now and I joyfully await with excited anticipation to see the most powerful manifestation of our intention right here, right now. And so it's with love and ease and grace that I let go, I let God it is done, and so it is. <laughs>